0: thank you for the word we thank you father that the spirit of god dwells on the inside of us and reveals and instructs and teaches us father your word and so father we depend upon him to to learn father i depend upon him to speak and father together we'll increase our faith and cause our hearts to be settled father our spirits to be uh, grown up father and encouraged we thank you for blessing us each and every day in jesus name amen well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Uh, we'll continue there today. We've been talking about the different types of prayer. And um, we finished up last week talking about the prayer of consecration and dedication. And, um, you know, it seems as though, uh, especially in the area of consecration, and dedication, that the further you go on with the Lord, that the more important your consecration and dedication to the Lord is. That, uh, you know, he expects more of you as you grow in the Lord than uh, than yesterday. And, um, uh, and so here are our, our, our verse in uh, Ephesians chapter six. It says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so uh, that where it says all prayer, it means all manner of prayer or all kinds of prayer. And so um, the prayer of consecration, and dedication is it's a very helpful prayer to keep you steady in your walk with the Lord. And, uh, you know, I have seen over the years where people uh, allow their emotions to dictate what they're going to do. So they get mad about something or somebody says something unkind to them or, you know, some event occurs and we react with our emotions because we're human beings. But then then uh, because of our reaction, we get out of the will of God. And uh, and that's that happens so many times. And people uh, sometimes they may never get back in the will of God because of, you know, uh, sometimes because of pride or because now the door is closed and they can't get back in there and, and they become frustrated in their walk with the Lord. But um, it, it's always best if you'll pray the prayer of consecration, dedication, then when those times come and they will come, they, they come to everybody. If you're breathing air, they're going to come to you where, hey, this is wrong. You just need to leave. Uh, and and that, uh, that consecration that you've prayed will rise up and say, no, we, we don't leave until the Lord says to leave. Uh, and uh, and if you'll do that it really helps you to steady your walk with the lord and and allows you to not be subject to the whims of your emotions as as uh, it's easy to do if you don't pray a prayer like that so uh, uh, and like I said I have seen many times over the years where people just you know you know sometimes they're they're frustrated or sometimes you know they don't know what to do so they just start changing things and you know i mean I'm not talking about like changing your socks I'm talking about you know, you quit your church, you quit your job or, you know, this or that. Or you make a major life change without consulting the Lord or finding out his will. Uh, and then, you know, recovering from that sometimes is really difficult, right? You Maybe you sell everything or you, you know, um, you quit your job. And then well, they may not rehire if you just quit, right? So are you going to get that same good job that you had before? Uh, and so, You know, somebody came in here one time and they were needing some financial help and, um and I said, where do you work at? I said, well, they're not, you know, I'm not working right now. I said, I was working at one of the factories and one of the better factories in town, you know, the pay good and you're kind of a factory you work at as a career, right? You stay there. I know people that have worked at that factory for 30 and 40 years. Uh, and, uh, and you could stay there and get a great pension benefits, you know. Uh, I mean, pay is the best in the world, but, you know, it's, it's decent. It's livable for sure. Pretty good pay. And, and um, uh, I said, well, why'd you leave? He said, well, the, the supervisor said something that I like, so I just quit. I said, uh, "How's that working out for you?" Uh, you know, uh, you know. For one thing, uh, you know there are there are people who will manipulate you, and they'll know that if you if they say something, you quit. It's cheaper for you to quit than for them to pay a severance, right? Uh, and so, uh, and I'm not saying that that happened. When we just saying that, you know, they'd much rather you quit anyway because you walk away with nothing, right? But if they have to do a layoff, usually they give you something when they lay you off, right? They don't, they're not required to, I don't think, by law. But, you know, a lot of times that you get something. So, you know, uh, I'm, on, I'm not going to let somebody win, uh, you know. And, and I've had to leave jobs before because of circumstances. But I left by the Spirit of God and not by my emotions, amen. So always be careful of making any, any significant uh, life-changing decisions uh, under emotional duress. Right. If your emotions are not stable, then don't make any decision. Because if you do, it's almost always wrong. Even if it was ultimately right, the way you did it would be wrong because you did it because you're mad, or you did it because of this or that. Uh, it's uh, it's it's gonna work out better for you if you'll pray the prayer of consecration. So when those times come, then uh, you know then you can say, Well, Lord, you know this happened. Do you want me to stay or not stay? You know, then you can ask the question and you can trust the answer uh, because. I can't tell you how many God told me to leave. It's funny He only talks to you when you're mad, right? Funny He only talks to you when you're bitter about somebody or in unforgiveness towards somebody. Uh, no, God doesn't do that. Uh, in fact, He's probably trying to talk to us, and, and I can guarantee you, if you're mad or bitter or in unforgiveness, all He's going to be talking to you is about being mad, bitter, in, or in, un, in unforgiveness. He's not going to be talking to you about changing your job or you know leaving your, you know, uh, leaving your career or you know. Uh, Whatever it is, give away your dog or your cat or, you know, I'm just going to get rid of all the animals. And 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 then you have no animals at all. Right. So uh, just be careful. And the prayer of consecration dedication is a great uh, value uh, in stabilizing your life, stabilizing your spiritual life and stabilizing your natural life. Because ultimately uh, all the blessings of God, the majority of the blessings we get from the Lord are going to be found in his perfect will. Uh, and you stay in his perfect will by praying the prayer of consecration, dedication, Lord, I will do this thing all the days of my life if that's what you want me to do. Uh, And so, uh, and then, you know, at the same time, you know, I pray, Lord, I will be a pastor in Dayton, Tennessee, the rest of my life. But if you tell me to leave tomorrow, I'll leave tomorrow. So that's my prayer of dedication, consecration, dedication, you know. And he may never tell me to leave. And if he never tells me to leave, then I'm okay with that. If he tells me to leave tomorrow, then I'm okay with that. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, we've had some people. Um, well, well, we may talk about that some other time. But um, so, so that's the prayer of consecration, dedication. I think it's a valuable prayer. Jesus prayed it. Uh, he instructed us to pray that prayer uh, in uh, the book of James. Uh, and so, uh, it's just, uh, it's just good to pray that prayer. Amen. Uh, and so, let's let's turn over to, uh, to Acts chapter 13. We'll look at the next type of prayer so you know prayer in general is you know communication with the lord so uh, this next prayer that we want to look at is uh, the prayer of praise and worship Uh, and you know you may never really thought of praise and worship as a type of prayer but you know prayer in general the definition of it is essentially communication with the lord Uh, and so uh, here it says in uh, acts chapter 13 verse 1 it says now there were in the church that was at Antioch Certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch and Saul. So we know this Saul is our friend Paul later on. Right. He changed his name from Saul to Paul. So it starts with Barnabas and ends with Saul. So we know Paul and Barnabas were friends in, in, in ministry and later on they had a fallen out. But but it, it starts out and says uh, that that uh, these men, these these five men here were either. Prophets and teachers or prophets or teachers, right? So we, we don't necessarily know if some of them, you know, more than likely Barnabas was a teacher, more than likely Paul was a prophet and a teacher. Uh, and uh, it was after this point in time that Paul became the Apostle Paul. So right now he's the prophet or teacher Paul and he gets he gets uh, promoted to being the Apostle Paul. And, you know, we're not going to go into all the details about that, but it does show us that there is a scriptural principle that the Lord promotes. I mean, he advances people in their spiritual walk even in their ministry. Uh, and, you know, this is Acts chapter 13. Paul got born again in Acts chapter 9. So it's been several years that he's been out ministering. And, uh, you know, he started out as just a guy. And somewhere along the way, he became a teacher and a prophet. And now he's getting promoted to being the, uh, the Apostle Paul that we know him through all the books of the Bible that he wrote. Uh, and then in verse 2, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Uh, And so, so the prayer, praise and worship uh, is called ministering to the Lord. Uh, So when you pray, when you when you sing uh, to the Lord, you know, and and we sing uh, praise and worship songs, you know, here at the church, uh, when you're singing, you're really singing to the Lord, right? Uh, In fact, uh, uh, we're in Acts chapter 13. Turn over to um, uh, Ephesians chapter five here. We'll just look at the uh, verse here. He says in um, Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 19, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Uh, and so uh, I think the key in that verse there is uh, where it says, uh, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So that's going to be important that, uh, that whatever we're doing, you know, we're doing it to the Lord. And, uh, and you know, in that, that makes it... Uh, uh, that should help you to understand. Uh, for us here at the church, you know, praise and worship to me is very important. You know, it, to me it's almost sacred because in that moment of praise, praise and worship, we are ministering to the Lord. So we're not entertaining ourselves, right? Uh, the singers and the musicians are not entertaining us. They're leading us in uh, ministering to the Lord, really, is what we're, what we're doing. So, uh, you know, we shouldn't take it lightly. And of course, we don't take it lightly around here. But uh, that, that's why it's really important for, for me and, and for Miss Chris what songs we sing, right? So we don't just sing some songs, right? We don't, you know, we don't sing, you know, cool and hip songs because they're cool and hip. I mean, if they accidentally become cool and hip while we're singing them, that's fine, right? But we don't. that's not why we pick them, right? We pick them because our goal is to minister to the Lord, right? Our goal is to sing to the Lord and declare His goodness. And really, and, and so, you know, uh, Paul talks about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs you know and a psalm is a is a spiritual poem or an ode. a hymn is a song of praise and worship addressed to and directed towards God and a spiritual song uh, and really, a spiritual song is where we have an advantage as, as spirit filled believers uh, brings forth the revelation of the word that's, that the Holy Spirit has given to you, and we can talk about more about that uh, as we go along um, and so uh, the key in praise and worship is it's It's all directed towards the Lord amen and and so let's turn over to uh, John chapter four and I think this this is an area where um, uh, where the church could probably use some help right <laughs> and so you know, John chapter four, Jesus is talking about um, uh, talking to the woman at the well, right uh, and um, um, In fact, uh, let's go back up and, um, I mean, wow, I keep going back up further and further, so let's just start at verse 1. It says, uh, let's see, well, let's start in verse 5. Then then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which was called uh, Sychar, uh, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there, uh, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, about noontime. Then cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith there, give me to drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So the Samaritans were considered half-breeds, right? So like a Jewish man married a, 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 a Gentile woman, right? Or the other way around. Uh, and so only half of them are, are Jewish, so, so they're not full-blooded Jews, and Jews were really picky about that. Uh, and so they weren't uh, uh, best of friends because, you know, if somebody thinks that you're not much of a person, it's hard to be good friends with them, right? Uh, and so Jesus answered in verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me the drink, thou would have given him, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From, from whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever shall drinketh of the water that I shall give shall never thirst, but the, well that the, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So here he's talking about the new birth. So he's using water as a type of the Holy Spirit that comes in and uh, springs up into everlasting life. So if you're not born again, you don't have everlasting life in you. Then you receive the Lord uh, really uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit. And that is a type of water. And he says that's a well that's in you. Then that springs up into everlasting life. Uh, And and so, of course, the woman said, uh, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come hither to drink. And Jesus said, you know, Jesus is really good about just, he'll just change the whole subject right there, right? They're talking about water and the well. And he said, go, uh, he said, go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, uh, I have no husband. And Jesus said, thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saith thou truly. So basically she was living with this man, right? She's got this man and... and um, uh, Jesus said, just because you're living together doesn't mean uh, that you're husband and wife. And so uh, I, the, the woman's response, I thought, was, uh, was kind of a Captain Obvious statement. She said, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So he just read her mail and he go, you know, you, you might be a prophet, right? And so I don't know that it took real uh, uh, genius to figure that out, but um, because there's no other way Jesus would have known that. So then, so then uh, of course, then she starts changing the subject. She doesn't want to talk about her, her, her uh, living situation. So she said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither uh, in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. So as Christians course uh, we don't worship in ignorance right we know who we worship right we know we worship the great God uh, really the Old Testament is the great God Jehovah but uh, he's the great God the father for us in, in the New Testament so so we know who we worship amen uh, and he said but the hour cometh and now is when a the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him so uh, Jesus is giving us some instructions about how worship should be conducted. Uh, and he says that true worshipers worship the father in spirit and in truth. So the truth part is really uh, songs based upon the word of God, right? That should be, we should just sing, you know, just whatever. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, uh, anybody sing old hymns, right? Uh, half the hymns were embalmed with doubt and unbelief, right? Oh, as we're walking through this this difficult life as beggars in this world, you know, we stand on the, banks of the jordan river and long longingly look at you know whatever and you know i mean i am so far removed from all the doubt and unbelief it's hard for me to conjure up some right but uh but there's a lot of doubt and unbelief in those songs wasn't there uh and so uh but we'd sing them right i mean i, would, I didn't grow up in church so i didn't sing them but uh but people who sang hymns sang a lot of these uh songs that weren't even in truth right because if you're saying god you're a beggar well, you're not a beggar. You're a child of the living God. How could you be a beggar, right? I mean, uh, a beggar is, a, is an abandoned person with no assistance anywhere. Uh, and so we're not beggars. Uh, we're children of the most high God. So we're already wrong if we're singing songs not based upon the word of God. It doesn't have to be, you know, book, chapter, and verse. But, you know, God is great. Is, is, uh, and you can find plenty of scriptures that support that, right? Uh, but, uh, but also the key there, worship the S- Father in spirit. Now, notice it doesn't say worship the Father in the flesh. Uh, and, and this is really an issue, I think, in praise and worship, because it seems as though that sometimes in the church we get, uh, we, we think of what we need to do is to um, captivate people's flesh, get them excited about praise and worship, and get their emotions stroked, get their, uh, get their physical body stroked. In you know, as far as, you know, they like the beat, they like the, the upbeat music, you know, fast songs and, um, and so but it, it's all becomes carnal right it's all it's all about the soulless man it's all about your emotions and how you feel and you know if we can if we can just jerk one tear out of your eye you know we think we've accomplished something right and that doesn't mean that you can't cry during praise worship or anything but but if if we keep it only at the emotional level then we're not doing what jesus said right because jesus said the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth right so whatever we're singing should be coming out of our spirits right uh, and as we're worshiping and, and adoring the Lord, that should be coming out of our spirits, not out of our emotions. And, and you know, it, I, I have observed over the years that a lot of times people will only worship the Lord in their emotions. You know, they'll cry, or the, but it's, it's an emotional cry. It's not, it's not that cry that comes from the inside, from your heart. It, it's a cry that just comes from your emotions because you're just, well, I'm just an emotional person, you know. That's fine, but we don't worship God with our emotions. And if we sing songs just to get you running around the church, because we think that's God, you know, there is a run in the Spirit, and that's fine, right? And I've run in the Spirit plenty of times, right? Just that on the inside, just in you so big, you've got you to do something, and, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But it should always come from the inside out. If it's only on the outside that we, you know, strike a chord and, and everybody starts running because that particular chord was hit, because it it uh, uh, our flesh reacts to it, then we're really not doing... the lord said amen we're not we're not true worshipers and we're not worshiping the lord in spirit and truth and you know the end of verse 23 i think is is pretty key for the father seeketh such to worship him so is he looking for people that run around the church is that the primary goal no is he looking for people that cry no he's looking for people that will worship him from their spirit right? And if that means that, that, that you're running around the church, that's fine. If it means that you're crying, that's fine. So it's not about what we observe on the outside, it's what's motivating us, right? So are we motivated to do something in the natural realm? Uh, and so, you know, uh, and I know a lot of churches, they'll say, well, we, uh, in fact, some churches will do this, they'll do, well, we're going to have two praise and worship services. We're going to have, quote, traditional praise and worship, which means boring and, and hymns and, and doubt and unbelief. And then we're going to have, quote, contemporary praise and worship, right, which is, upbeat and fast and fleshly right so we can either do down unbelief or carnality well that's kind of the what's the lesser of two evils right I mean is that our goal you know from my perspective it doesn't matter if you're 18 or you're 88 if it's a song of the spirit you're going to enjoy it. Uh, it because if I have to make a distinction of your age on whether or not you sense the spirit of God that is being a respecter of persons right but a lot of churches will say, well, we're going to have a song service for the young people. And then we're going to have a song service for the old, decrepit people. Uh, and, well, that's just kind of rude, right? I mean, that's just, you know, I thought old people liked the Lord, too, right? And I thought young people liked the Lord. Did Jesus ever separate? Hey, what's your age? Yeah, you go sit over there. We're going to have fun stuff over here. What's your, oh, you're yeah, you got a cane? Well, you sit over there. You know, you're, We're going to sing old boring stuff for you. Uh, I mean... In my observation, I mean, I've been, been a Christian now for 40 years. Uh, if it's if it's spirits music, I love it. You know, I don't care whether it's fast or slow or anything in between. You know, now I know when, of course, I used to listen to a lot of Christian uh, music. And I still listen to a lot of Christian music. But I listen to a lot of carnal Christian music. You know, there, there's a such thing thing as carnal Christian music. And, and um, that you can't really tell the difference between it, you know, and regular Christian. Because... You know, sometimes you listen to it, it's like, is that a Christian song? And it's like, oh, they said God. Okay, maybe it's a Christian song, right? Uh, but other than that, you can't tell. Um, and, and so, um, and I know when I got with my pastor, see, uh, uh, he liked a lot of songs from from Rama, right? Rama had a praise and worship team. And they'd put out music and stuff. And um, you know, I was young uh, at the time. We've only been married a short time, and and uh, and he liked and. And a lot of that songs, twangy song. You know, it's kind of not Southern gospel quartet, but just, you know, kind of, because what they would do is they would take kind of old hymns and they would juice it up, right? They would they would actually uh, sing it with some anointing, right? Which is, you know, unusual. But if you're not used to the anointing and don't understand the anointing, you just hear it as being an old Southern gospel song, right? Uh, and so, now as a sound as a sound man, I'm required to play the music that the pastor likes. It doesn't matter what my taste of music is. It matters what his taste of music is, right? I mean, it's about me. I mean, I'm missing the whole boat, right? Because I'm, as a praise and worship, uh, or uh, as a uh, sound man, I, I am a member of the Helps Ministry. And the purpose of the Helps Ministry is to do what? To help, right? It's not to not to decide what's going to be done. It's to help what gets done. Uh, and so if my pastor like that music, then, you know, I just play the music, you know? And what I realized over over a period of time, I won't tell you how long it took me to figure it out. You know, I mean, it probably took me years to figure it out. And maybe I don't know what I realized. It, it wasn't that he liked Rama music or anything in particular. He likes anointed music. Right. Uh, and so uh, it didn't matter to him whether it's fast or slow. It just had to be anointed. And, and I learned that from him. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about it is, um, you know, they do make new anointed music, right? I mean, it's 2021, and, you know, every now and then, even sometimes by accident, people can play and write anointed music, right? Uh, and, and so for, from mine and Chris's perspective, it doesn't matter how old the song is. It doesn't matter who, who wrote the song. It doesn't matter who, who produced the song. All that matters to me is, is this song endued uh, in, in with the anointing of God? And does it bring the power of God, the Spirit of God, into the service? Uh, and that's the only requirement we have for music, right? It's not got well, it can only be by this artist, or it can only be 80 years old or more, or it can only be a hymn, or it can only be, you know, uh, verses 1, 2, and 4 of a hymn, but not verse 3. Um, you know, to put any constraints on that says, is limiting God, because if you're saying that, that, well, only music that's 40 years or older is, is valuable, well, then why are there any new ministers? I mean, we've got how much information do we have from Brother Hagen? how much information we have, unless there's how wrong. We don't need any new ministers because they've already taught everything there is to know. So, uh, and, and they've already sung everything that can be sung, so nobody can come up with any new things to sing. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense because it's anointing, right? It's, it's the worship. It, it's the, he didn't say in there that uh, God is seeking uh, hymns written by Charles Wesley only to be worshipped, right? Because, I mean, Charles Wesley, was, he was a prolific writer of thousands of hymns, right? Uh, him and uh, and even I think John uh, probably wrote some hymns. I don't know, but um, but anytime we do that, we constrain God. Anytime we say we, anytime we make laws about things, we constrain God. So so really, the only requirement we have is is the song anointed. Does it bring the anointing in there? And you know, it's amazing that sometimes they'll sing you know three verses of a song that they write, and two of the verses of anointed, and the other one will be like. What in the world, you know, I can't tell you how many songs we don't sing around here because verse 3 is just the worst, right? And it's like, you know, and that happens, right? Because anytime men get a hold of things, if, if they can, they will mess it up. Uh, and so they'll go right along and the Spirit of God will be instructing, write this, write this verse, write this verse. And it seems as though, I mean, I don't know because I, I haven't asked them, but it seems as though they're like, you know, we've got to back that up a little bit. I mean, that's just a little too, little too much faith in that song. So we've got to back it up and say, well, Lord, you know, but sometimes I'm just a mess, you know. Uh, and, and uh, you know that song uh, we, we, well, I think maybe sung it once or twice about reckless love right uh, and if you love reckless love you know I ain't got nothing against nobody but the whole the premise of the song is Lord when I backslide you're going to come chase me down because you know you love me well okay that's technically true but I am not singing a song that says Lord when I backslide you're going to come chase me down that is not a song of faith right that's a song of well you know everybody messes up every now and then you know so, you know, might as well let her fly. And, uh, and so we ain't singing songs like that around here. And there are songs that, you know, I like the music. And, and then uh, we sang a song about running to the mercy seat. Anybody remember that song? I, you know, I, I really like that song, you know. Uh, and uh, but we kept singing and, and just down here, you know, just my spirit man be like, you know, just something. you know. And so finally, you know, well, Lord, what's up with that? Uh, it ain't right. Well, I know. But besides that, what's wrong with it? You know, because do we run to the mercy seat? We don't run to the, mer- we run to the throne of grace, right? That's where we run to now. So to run to the mercy seat, Jesus is, that seat's empty. It's the seat that was on the, the, the uh, Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. Would, did we live in the Old Testament? We live in the New Testament. So where's Jesus seated right now? On the throne of grace. Is he seated on the mercy seat? No, he's seated on the, on the throne of grace where there is mercy available, right? So now if they'd renamed the song, running to the grace seat, just doesn't sound as cool, right? You Because know, the mercy seat, oh, we all need mercy. Well, we do need mercy, right? But I need grace more, because grace will keep me out of needing mercy. Amen? So we just quit singing a song. Now, we're not we're not mad at nobody, you know? I mean, again, it's just if the song, uh, spirit and truth, right? So sometimes they can get, you know, they can hit the right note, and it's the right note. But then have the wrong truth, you know, that's not really truth, like running to the mercy seat. Got to move on, right? So, you know, we're not going to run anybody down and beat anybody up, because... Uh, it's just, you know, okay, we need, a, we need a third verse. Well, I've only got two. We'll just write anything down. I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, and really, uh, you know, I would be glad if if they would, you know, I'd even do it for free. Let me review the doctrine of your song, and I'll be glad to, to help you get some corrections in there and <laughs> get it right, you know. Uh, some songs just, you got to bail the whole thing. Some other songs, you know, I know there's one or two songs that's just like, you know, this song's just, but then this bridge, right? This middle, a so couple little words, it's like, they ruin it just everything else was great about the song and then they ruin it with this one little and so i just can't you know and so sometimes we just have to move on and every now and then you know we'll sing a song and um and and we don't always get it exactly right but our goal is those two things spirit and truth right so the song's going to be anointed and the song's going to to drive the truth of the word of god and and how much room is there to write songs like that. There's a huge amount of room, right? Because how much truth is there to God? There's a, there's a ton of truth, right? Uh, and so I, I remember that, you know, that song, I Can Only Imagine, right? That's a that song. Uh, I just love that song because, you know, it's talked about, I can only imagine what I would do when I see the Lord, right? That's the whole premise of the song. What am I going to do? Am I going to stand or am I going to kneel? Am I going to, you know, sing or am I going to be speechless? You know, it's just, I like the, the song because it's it talks about, our first encounter with the Lord Jesus when we get to heaven, uh, and um, I mean it's not the most uh, uh, doctrinally uh, filled song because we don't know what that is, and that's the whole premise of the song. But anyway, it's not a big deal. But it's just you know it's just a good song, and and, um, and it was written by a guy that uh, uh, he and his dad had a fallen out, and his dad was like an alcoholic for a long time, and. And uh, and finally, his dad repented, got saved and they, they got back together. And not but long, not long after that, his dad died, died young. And he, he kind of wrote that song out of that. You know, I can't only imagine, you know, when I get to heaven, what's going to happen. And I get to see everybody. And um, and, you know, you know, I think it's a good song. Um, and uh, it, we've never sung that song. It may not even be a good praise and worship song. You know, what I'm saying it's more of an entertainment song. But anyway, I tried to get somebody to sing it one time. No, is to talk about the soul because they talked about imagine, right? Which is in your soul. Well, you know, we don't. Well, uh, did the Lord give you a soul? He did, you know. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Sometimes people get really weird about things. but um, So so the key here is is God the Father is looking. So how many times does the Bible talk about looking for things, that God is looking for people, but he can't find anybody? Right, remember in Ezekiel where he said he was looking for a man to intercede, and and, and what did it say? He found what? None. So if God is seeking uh, such to worship Him that are going to worship Him in spirit and truth, is everybody that's doing things that look like that meeting this criteria? Well, no, you know. So so how many people is God overlooking that? Yeah, I'm looking for spirit and truth. That's not it. Uh, you spirit? No, that's not it. I mean, that how many times do we see where? The reason why God is seeking is because it's maybe difficult to find sometimes. And, and so it's really important uh, praise and, for praise and worship. Because I think, you know, praise and worship is a great value to the church uh, for a lot of reasons. One, anytime you worship God's good, right? I mean, it, it, it's always a good thing to do. But also it trains you if we're singing songs that are of the spirit and of truth then it trains you to recognize the Spirit. It trains you to sense the presence of God. It trains you to know the move of God so that if somebody gets up and does something later on that's not singing, but maybe it's it's prophecy or speaking in tongues, well, then that's the Spirit of God too, right? And so you've been training yourself all this time to how to, uh, how to yield to the Spirit of God in song. You can learn how to yield to, your, to the Spirit of God in, in other ways as well. So uh, So singing... To the Lord uh, in, in um, spirit of truth is very important. Uh, and again, if we have to make a distinction, well, we're going to sing fast songs for the young kids and slow songs for the old geezers. Then to me, that that's really not biblical. Right. It, it's not uh, to me. First of all, it's it's distinguishing uh, separation by natural things, which I mean, really, we call that being prejudiced or bigoted, right? I mean, you're, you really are. Because, I mean, what if you come and say, well, we're going to sing songs for black people today and white people tomorrow. I mean, I mean we'd be shot, right, for that. Uh, and that would be ridiculous to say something like that. But it seems to be okay that we're going to sing songs for young people and then sing songs for old people, right? Uh, you know, anytime we make a distinction based upon natural things, we always get it wrong. Uh, and, and to me... If you're born again, you love God, then any song that's of spirit and truth will be fine to you, right? Uh, now, some people, you know, they are fuddy-duddies, right? Well, I don't like the music very loud. Well, you know, wait till you get to heaven. It's going to be real loud in heaven, I can guarantee you, right? Uh, and, and, uh, you know, and some people don't like fast songs, right? Some people, well, you know, I don't like worship songs. Well, anytime you put a law, you're wrong. If you only like fast songs, well, I'm young. I don't like fast songs. Well, you're wrong. If you're old and only like slow songs, well, you're wrong. Um, you should like songs that are of the spirit and of truth. And otherwise, other than that, you know, that's really your only criteria, right? Other than that, everything else is going to be carnal. And, and, you know, one person asked me one time, they came up and said, you know, some, in some churches, will have somebody like on an organ and the pastor will be up preaching and the person is just, you know, bang on the organ somewhere, the pastor's preaching and kind of agam on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. They said, do you like that? I said, I love that. I said, I can't stand it. <laughs> i think you know, you need to grow up. Because that's really, really, you know, combining praise and worship with, because it's music, right? And it's just, so it's anointed music, right? And they're just, you know, I would love you know, to have a big you know, organ up there. Of course, nowadays you just have a machine that can do every uh, instrument in the world. But, but uh, have somebody that just, you know, knows how to do that. Because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a talent that the Lord gives, right, to do that. Uh, And and so. uh, uh, So for me, I don't have any I don't have any restrictions on uh, the songs we sing that they have to be anointed. But I have noticed that over the years, you know, we sing some songs, you know, from back in the Ramah days, back in the the 80s, still anointed. Right. You know, he picked me up, you know, look what the Lord has done still. I mean, there's just as anointed today as they were. But then some songs we sing is like. You know that just seems kind of stale. You know, just it seems to me that the Spirit of God moves on from certain things. That you know, it was it was fine at that moment, but maybe it's the music that was played, or maybe you know it was the words that were sung. You know, I don't really know. You know, I don't spend enough time to to figure it out. But if the if the Spirit of God's not in the song, we just move on, right? Uh, and so it's not about how old the song is, because we sing some songs that are really old that are still anointed, uh, and then we try to pull out a few from the archives every now and then. It's like you know, look at it. It's like, oh, it's past its expiration date. And you just got to move on. Right. So so it, it's uh, so praise and worship, I think, is, is really important. And and some ministers, they're like, you know, I don't need any praise and worship. I just got to get to the word. And, and you know, for me, there's always that that uh, 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 it's not really a conflict, but I love teaching the word so much. You know, I'm always ready to teach the word. Right? Always ready to teach the word. And so it's good for me to uh, to kind of. Uh, not being the pastor during praise and worship, I can just be a worshiper like everybody else. Right. And, 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 you know, I still have to be the pastor in a sense of being aware of what's going on. And if the spirit of God wants to do something. But, you know, it is nice to just enter into praise and worship uh, and um, uh, and enjoy the presence of God. Amen. Uh, And so uh, let's let's look at a a, a few more verses over in Acts chapter 16. And then we're going to go back in the Old Testament, look at a couple of things here. And so in Acts chapter uh, 16, it says in verse 25, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. You know, you can't be too loud when you're singing. The prisoners heard them, right? And these jails were big jails, right? Uh, And so you think they were just whispering? No, don't be too loud, Paul. Don't want to get in trouble. Somebody might not like it. Um, And... um, I mean, sometimes you just got to declare how big God is, you know, yeah, and, and so uh, and, and again, in praise and worship, you should learn uh, to uh, yield to the spirit of God. Right. And I'm not saying take things over. Right. Run up to the stage, grab the microphone, that kind of uh, foolishness like that. I'm saying that if, the, if the and I've heard plenty of y'all, you know, plenty of times the Lord gets so big on the inside of you, you just have to express it. Right. Uh, and just know, you know, I'm always going to be for that, right? Uh, and um, uh, so, just uh, um, you know, learn how how to do that. So they sang apparently loud enough for the entire jail to hear them, right? Uh, and, um, uh, and of course, where are they? They're in jail, in a Roman jail. Is that is that a good place? but no, because they got beat, right? Uh, and so, um, come over in chapter chapter 15 there. Uh, and, of course, we know what was the result of that in verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And, and we see many times in the Word of God that during praise and worship that significant spiritual things happen. And, and I think that goes back to what Jesus said, that, uh, that they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and here's an example where... Just singing and praising God that the, that the uh, uh, that there was a great earthquake uh, and the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed you know there is a freedom that comes about in singing amen uh, and you and you should always be now, listen I understand you know there's a balance to everything uh, you know i I am not a great singer right not, uh, as far as uh, uh, now I am a free singer because I'm not constrained like some people who only use certain notes, right? I like to use them all if I can. Uh, and so, uh, but I don't, I don't, you know, I know my limit. And so, I, you know, some people, and I don't know that around here so much, but, but um, you know, some people, they'll, they'll just sing and just take over the whole, the whole uh, service, right? Uh, and, um, and I've seen it, like when praying in other tongues, we're going to get to praying in other tongues at some point, but the minister will be preaching and then somebody will start speaking in tongues, right? Uh, and so, you know, know, know where you're at in your singing. You know, if you can sing like an angel, then praise God, sing as loud as you can. You know, if you can't sing like an angel, then sing as loud as is appropriate. right? Uh, and so find the balance. Right. Uh, and so I sing for me, I sing as loud as appropriate. Uh, and so. Uh, but uh, but I'm not Barney Fife. And so, um, you know, Barney Fife that, uh, you know, he was he was trying to figure out who, who wasn't singing right. And it was him. Right. And so. Uh, <laughs> and so. Uh, but that's between Barney and Barney. Right. Uh, but um, but, you know, it's it's uh, you should have a lot of freedom when you sing. Amen. Uh, and so. Um, so let's turn back to. Oh, now we got, oh yeah. we got So let's turn back in the Old Testament here. Let's look at some examples here. So this is the prayer of praise and worship. Right. So so it should be done. The root, the, the, the foundation of praise and worship should be spirit and truth. Right. So let's turn back to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. and Look at a couple of things here. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. So they're bringing the ark back. Uh, back to, to uh, the temple there. Uh, and uh, let's start here in. Um, well, you know, uh, let's just start in verse 2. Uh, Well, let's just start in verse 1. Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. So so Solomon finally finished the temple here in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated, and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Uh, Then Solomon assembled uh, the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Uh, Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves under the king in the feast, which was in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the Ark, and they brought up the Ark, and and the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle, these did the priests and the Levites bring up. So it's a big celebration, right? They're, bringing, they're finally bringing in the Ark of the Covenant out of the tabernacle into the temple here. Uh, and so it says here that uh, uh, in verse 6, also King Solomon and, and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him before the Ark sacrificed sheep and oxen, which could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priests brought in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord unto its place Unto his place, to the oracle of the house, into the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. Uh, for the cherubims spread their wings over the place of the ark. So the cherubims spread their wings over the mercy seat, right? Uh, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves of the ark, which, uh, uh, so the staves are the poles, right? So they carried the ark on poles. That was the right way, according to the book of Leviticus, how they're supposed to carry the ark. So it had uh, holes on both sides, rings on both sides of the ark that they slid the poles in there and then they picked it up and that's how they carried it. You remember all the trouble with David when they're carrying it on an an ark, on a a cart uh, being pulled by ox uh, because they didn't bother to go back and find out, you know, how are we supposed to do this? And so they got in trouble because of that. So now they're doing it right and they drew out the staves of the ark because you weren't supposed to touch the ark, right? And so it was too holy. Uh, And they drew out the staves of the ark that the ends of the staves were seen from the ark before the oracle but they were not seen without and there it is unto this day and there was nothing in the ark save the two tablets which moses put uh, therein at horeb when the lord made a covenant with the children of israel when they came out of egypt and it came to pass when all the priests were come out of the holy place for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course also the levites which were of the singers all of them uh, of uh, Asaph of of Heman of uh, Jedithan, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding the trumpets. And it came to pass, as the trumpets and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And then when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good where his mercy endureth forever, that then the house of, was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand by reason of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. So they brought the ark in. They were all cleaned up. They had nice clothes on. They looked good. They smelled good. But nothing happened until they started singing and praising and declaring that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And when that happened, the glory cloud came in, right? Uh, and they could see the cloud. Uh, and uh, it came about because of praise and worship. So, you know, praise and worship is, you know, it's really, it's really important that we do that right, right? And, and so, um, uh, and, and I think, you know, that we... Uh, we've all got room to grow in that area, right? And that um, uh, I think the church as a whole uh, needs to do this. And, and, and really, you know, I think even in our church, I think we do a good job, but I, I think it's good that we're teaching this because all of us can learn how to get into that spirit more even while we're singing, right? Uh, and Because wouldn't it be nice to see some of these things? Now, we're, we're not looking for them. We're not asking the Lord to, to show up in His glory, but if He does, we'll be okay with it, right? Uh, and so... So, uh, this came about because they decided to sing and worship the Lord. And so that, that's in chapter uh, 5. So, let's look at, uh, over in uh, chapter 20. So, here in uh, uh, chapter 20, um, let's see, um, where do we want to start that? Uh, well,. Let's just, uh, this is Jehoshaphat, the king, speaking here. But let's start in verse 15. It says, and he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat. So, so uh, who's speaking here? It's, uh, um, okay, let's start in verse 14. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of uh, Jael, the son of uh, Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came, the spirit of the Lord into the midst of their congregation. So, uh, uh, and he said, "Hearken, all ye Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you: Be not afraid, nor be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, uh, it, but God's. So uh, there was a couple of armies, Moab and Ammon, that had come and threatened you know, Israel and Judah, uh, and so uh, they're they're all. Uh, getting concerned about these things. Um, And so uh, they're getting in fear. And of course, uh, a lot of times when people get in fear, they get out of faith. So uh, this man here is speaking to him. He said, fear not, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Uh, Tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. You shall not need to fight in this battle, now, were they supposed to still go down? They were supposed to still go down, right? So uh, going down is, a, is an act of faith. But he said, you, uh, you'll not need to fight. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation uh, of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Uh, to to uh, Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Uh, and so one of the values of the prayer of praise and worship is... If you're really praying and worshiping God, then who is your attention on in that moment? It's on God, right? Who is your attention not on in that moment? You and all your stuff, right? I mean, you've got to mow the yard and clean the dishes and paint the house and, you know, plow the North 40, whatever you got to do. You know, and, and how easy it is to just daydream, right? I mean, how many times have you guys all solved uh, your problem with the, with the lawnmower during service when I'm preaching, right? Uh, you know, I think if I just do this and, you know, or figured out, you know, how to, you know, uh, do your taxes or something, you know, I, I, I think I can get that discount, you know, you know, you, you know, it is normal, right? You, you're a human being. You're going to just drift off sometimes. And, you know, your mind is down the street, you know, oh, I got that sale at Walmart today, but I think it ends tomorrow. I better hurry and get over that, you know, and, you know, and I just gave the best revelation since the foundation of the earth. And you, you're thinking about, you know, the, the cookies, the cookies on sale at Walmart, right? Uh, and, and that happens, right? But it's a lot harder to do that when you're singing, though, uh, for whatever reason, you know, you, it's e- it's easier to stay focused when you're singing. Uh, and and so that's part of the reason why he's there. Don't focus on your fears. Don't focus on the enemy. Focus on God. Uh, and, and that's why it's it is a type of prayer, because it's it's uh, being directed towards the Lord. But it's also a very high type of prayer because it requires a lot of faith because if you're singing to the Lord and telling about how good he is in the midst of the, the enemies trying to destroy you or in the midst of the jail that you are in, in, uh, uh, in Philippi, like with Paul and Silas, if your focus is on the Lord, then that, that's a statement of faith that, yes, I have problems, but God is big enough to answer all of them. And so if you, if, if you will learn and train yourself, uh, of course, during praise and worship because it's, it's easier to do that, but if you'll train yourself that, hey, I have the ability to focus on God and not on my problems, then when you're not singing, you still have the ability to focus on God and on your problems, right? So you can learn that, you know, Lord, I I could sing for five minutes over here and and didn't have a care in the world. But as soon as the singing stopped, all those cares came. And what the Lord is saying, well, then just do what you're doing during praise and worship and focus on me after the song has stopped. And, And so you can train yourself to walk by faith by singing, amen? Uh, and so uh, so it says in verse 18, then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Jude, Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of, of the Kohathites uh, and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. You know, you can't, music's too loud. Uh, and and, uh, every time but the lady that got mad at me because the music was too loud when I was running sound she like, music's too loud well you know we had we had uh, speakers mounted you know kind of like this except they're on a pole and and they were bigger than this even you know maybe 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 that size Uh, but you know she sat right there like right in front of the speaker right if you sit right here you know it's it's half as loud if you sit right there it's twice as loud because that's the way sound works right Uh, and so uh, if you're twice as far away, then it's four times quieter because it operates, you know, it's a, the square of the distance if you care about all that stuff, right? Uh, and, but it's a sound man, you need to know that. But she would sit around the front row, which is fine, right? Sit in the front row. But don't complain with the music because, you know, you got to play a certain volume here so that by the time it hits the back row, it's at a decent volume, right? And so, you know, in that way, if it's too loud, just sit on the back row, right? If it's not loud enough, sit in the front row. If it's still not loud enough, go sit up on the stage, I guess. You know, I don't know. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it's... Uh, uh, and, and so she come back there, and it's too loud. You know, I hope you're happy we're deaf. She'd say that to me. I hope you're happy we're deaf now. i like, well, they have a prayer line. You know, just go to the prayer line. You know, they'll, they'll get you healed up there real good. Uh, and now, you know, she didn't talk to the pastor, because you, know you know how loud I played the music? However loud the pastor wanted it. You know, if he wanted it loud... We'd play it loud, you know. If you didn't want it going quiet, we'd play it quiet. I know our praise worship team had a hard, hard, had a hard time. They only played it hundred percent, right? They had a really hard time playing at eighty percent. I mean, I don't know. They, did they ever play it eighty percent? I mean, I mean, they just they get cranking up and it just man, they beat that guitar, or beat that piano, or beat those drums, you know? And, and I loved it though. But um, you know, uh, so one day she just got mad. And so she walks to the to the back of the sanctuary, just like right there, you know. So we got some tissues back in the back sanctuary there. So she walked right back there. Just like we have there, there was a table by the sound booth with a box of tissues on it. So she got two tissues, stuffed them in her ears, right? Uh, And then she walks back to the front of the church, right? And she did that for my benefit because just like here, you had to pass 20 boxes of tissues to get to the back row, right? I mean, there's a box right there. There's a box right there. I mean, I count four boxes looking right here. And if I looked hard, probably, oh, there's another one. There's five, right? Uh, We got any under under the table there? No. Uh, I mean, there's five boxes of tissues right there. And... um, So you could have used any one of those, but, you know, it wouldn't have been nearly as dramatic, right? Uh, And so, but I laughed. I mean, it's the funniest thing, because you walked all the way back to the front of the church with tissues hanging out of your ears, like a rabbit, right? And, and, uh, you know, I guess you did it to offend me or to, you know, to let me know that the sound sound was just too loud, right? Well, that really showed me, you know? And and I really hope the Lord recorded that, because I can't wait to show you all when we get to heaven. Hey, look, see, it really did happen, right? Look, look, isn't it the funniest thing you've ever seen? It's pretty funny, right? Uh, And so... With a loud voice on a high. So, you know, I mean, we—I understand sound, and you can be dangerously loud, right? And I mean, you know, I understand that, but I've never played music dangerously loud. You know, some people just don't like it loud, and that's fine. They sit on the back row. You know, I mean, why is it, why does everything have to be about you? You know, what I'm saying. I mean, you've got a big sanctuary. You got 150 chairs find one chair that it was going to be quiet right well i want to sit in the front row but well, then you got to be with a music loud. well i don't want to i don't want music loud. but well, then you know shut up but you, i mean what do you what, you know everything isn't about us you know what i'm saying and so uh, it's the same thing with the thermostat well i'm cold well what about that guy over there they're hot you know well i'm hot well what about that guy over there they're cold you know i mean ha- have you taken a poll is, is everybody hot you know uh, and uh, there were plenty of times when one person over here so i can't hear anything the person over there said it's too loud I mean, we'll just swap, you know, because if you can't hear anything and it's too loud, well, then just change places. And, uh, but, you know, it's just, uh, um, uh, you know, and I've said it before, if I walked in a church and the speakers were falling off the wall and the the soundboard exploded during the praise, I wouldn't care. I mean, if are they worshiping God? Then I, I will figure out a way to worship God. You know, the sound is not what causes me to worship God or not worship God. Uh, it should be the spirit, right? Because we worship God in spirit, not according to the decibel level of the sound system. Uh, and, and so, and you all do good. You all complain about it, you know. But I have had people even hear, you know, hey, the music's too loud. Really? I mean, I, I sit on the front row, and, and I never think of the music's too loud, right? In fact, a lot of times, you know, I haven't in a long time, but I've had to tell Jared, you know, got to crank her up, Jared, you know. It's, it's just, because for me, there's a certain volume that it's just perfect, at that volume, right? Too quiet? It's too quiet. You know, too loud might be too loud, but, you know, I've never really known the too loud part, but... So that's just, you know, sometimes certain songs got to be at a certain volume. Right. And, and we'd play certain songs. And uh, I remember there's one song we'd every, every time we sing it, man, I had to crank up the bass guitar. You know, just, that song is you got to have a lot of bass guitar. Right. And in other songs, it was a piano. You got to play the piano. Right. Uh, now, the lead guitar player, he thought every song needed to be lead guitar. But, you know, some songs did actually require the lead guitar to be turned up. Uh, uh, and so, and it just depends. Each song was different. And I learned had to learn every song, and I knew, you know, I mean, we did hundreds of songs. But I would know as soon as we hit that chord. Oh, okay, this song, you know, uh, on this verse, we're going to crank up this instrument. We're going to crank up that instrument, and, uh, and you and 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 you could sense. You could sense the spirit of God's shift when you would do that. That because it, it was declaring that the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. And and they would anointed people would play anointed instruments. Uh, and and when it became anointed, you had to make sure that that anointing was available for everybody to to participate in, uh, and you know, and maybe that makes sense to you. You know, I don't know if you've never been a sound man, um, but um, but it's important, right? It's important to know uh, where the spirit of God is moving, uh, and, and and certain songs, you know, certain singers, sometimes you'd have to play. There's certain songs I would I would use a special. Um, uh, a reverb setting for just that one song and no other song but just that one song needed just this right perfect reverb setting and I, I would spend a lot of time figuring out how to set it up you know and you had to make sure that it was available and and, and uh, kick it in at just the right moment so there you know there's a lot that can go on that because the goal was always to make sure that we elevated uh, praise and worship you know and of course around here most of our songs you know not most of them, but a lot of our songs are uh, they're pre-recorded, so we, we don't have the opportunity to change the mix of the in- individual instruments. Uh, but, you know, we can make sure that, that Chris blends in just right and that she has the right EQ, that she has the right uh, reverb on her. Uh, and when she's playing, you know, the guitar or the piano, make sure that it's the right balance between it and the... So, that, you know, and all of those things will affect uh, how easy it is for people to enter into praise and worship, you know. And so if you can't hear the guitar or the piano, whatever... You know, you, you don't have to have it technically, but it's just it, the whole purpose of instruments and the music and the re- sound reinforcement is to allow you to participate in the praise and worship. Right. Uh, and so. And that's, that's why we do all that. So let's continue on here uh, in just a few more verses. And, it says, and they arose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord, your God so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Uh, And that, you know, we could preach a whole lot just on those two verses, but that's not our context for tonight. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they would praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went forth, uh, as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, uh, which were come against Judah and they were smitten. So the army had gone forth. Nothing happened. They, uh, The king spoke. Nothing happened. Things happened when they declared uh, uh, praise the Lord for his mercy and forever. Then God moved. And a lot of times God will move when the faith of worship goes forth. And, and how many problems of your life have been solved during praise and worship? You know, I mean, the world was coming to an end. You sang to the Lord, the world started spinning again. Nothing changed, right? But in your heart, you were able to get back in faith, get to where you need to be. So, you know, praise worship is, is important. And, and um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's good enough right there. So um, so the Lord, the Lord came and he destroyed the enemies of Israel because Israel was willing to operate by faith and to declare how good God was. Uh, And so uh, by doing that, then that faith that they operated in allowed God to move. So it's really something that we can learn because that's what God is looking for, right? He's seeking such to worship him. He's seeking people who are willing to operate by faith and the anointing of God uh, and the move of God uh, and then move on their behalf because they're willing to operate by faith. You know, sometimes out of fear, we, we, we're so fearful that we're always begging God. Well, God, you got to do something. God, you got to do something. And the pray, prayer of praise and worship says all that stuff will be there before. All that stuff will be there after. In this moment, God is big enough always to take care of it. So I'm just going to focus only on him, not on me. And that's a statement of faith. Uh, and then enter in to the worship part of it uh, and enjoy the presence of God. Amen. Because that's really... One thing that separates our uh, uh, Christianity from any other religion is we have the capacity to enter into the presence of God. You know, you don't enter into the presence of Buddha. You don't enter into the presence of Allah. You only enter into the presence of God, the Most High God. Amen. Uh, And so, you know, the prayer, praise and worship, I think, is very valuable. uh, And and I don't know that we have enough uh, inside that. So, you know, I think it's good that we're teaching on this because... Uh, really, uh, if we would all as a church family uh, learn some of these things that, you know, I think we could even get further into the realm of the spirit in, in praise and worship. And we do good. I got no complaints about it. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's always room to grow Amen, in those things. Uh, uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you for the prayer of praise and worship that it's an honor to worship you, Father. It's an honor to declare your goodness and praise you, Father, in the beauty of your holiness and to declare that you are God and that you do save us and you do protect us uh, and that you are good and that your mercy endures forever. So, Father, we choose to worship you in spirit and truth. We choose to worship you out of our spirit, man, and not out of our minds or emotions or our souls, Father. We just choose to worship you out of our hearts and spirit. Father, because you are a spirit, Uh, and they that worship you, Father, will worship you in spirit and truth. So, Lord, we ask you to to help us even in the the next uh, days and weeks to come to let us be sensitive to your spirit and how he moves during praise and worship, and let us enter into the presence of God uh, in praise and worship, and sense your presence, Father, and participate in and elevate the presence of God by our worship, because you are good, Father, and you're worthy to be worshiped. So, Father, we thank you for these things, and we give you the praise and the honor for these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? And does his mercy endure forever? And it does, amen. Uh, and so let's get ready to receive the things uh, offering there, uh, and... Um, uh, I think I'm about to preach myself happy on that. That was just, uh, I really in- enjoyed uh, teaching about that. I just think it's a, it's a good good thing for us to learn. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared. Uh, and, uh, and I would encourage you between now and Sunday, you know, be praying about the services. You know, we want the brother Randy to have the freedom to speak as the Lord would instruct to him. You know, if the Lord's given him special words, you know, and we're not looking for prophecies, you know, personal prophecy or anything like that. We just want, uh, as Paul said, that I long to see you that I might impart unto you some gift. So we're looking for impartations uh, from Brother Randy that he will leave uh, the ministry here uh, better off than when he got here, amen? Uh, and, uh, and leave and impart uh, blessings into the ministry. And he always does, and I, I expect no less when he gets here, not to put any pressure on him at all, but you know it, it's, uh, he's a minister, and that's his job, right, is to impart things into the places where he goes to minister. So that'll be uh, Sunday. So uh, be blessed, and have a wonderful week in the Lord, and uh, we'll see you Sunday.